you have your Bibles, turn back to Luke chapter 11, uh, 1, Luke 11, amen, we'll do that later. Uh, Luke chapter 1, and this is where we are this morning, we uh, began the series last week on the cross, the cradle, the cross, and the crown, and thank God he was born to die, and he died that we might live, amen, and I preached on the second coming Wednesday, and we had about three people here, and about 30 people from Florida, amen, and that was a blessing that they showed up uh, on their church vacation. The whole church goes with the pastor, amen? Or not the whole church, but 30-something did. And it's Peter, uh, Peter and Jessica's uh, former church. And uh, we had a good service, and I preached on the day of the Lord about the second coming. And let me just say this, as sure as he came the first time, he's coming the second time, amen? And I believe the rapture could take place before 2021. And we only got a couple of weeks left. I believe... Uh, just, just a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll be in 2021. Everybody says, boy, that's great. Uh, folks, it'll be just as bad in 2021 if you don't have a good attitude, amen, and if you don't praise God and have faith, and if you're not saved. And I was thinking about uh, how wonderful it is to be saved, amen. I uh, watched uh, the two-hour and 20-minute uh, service for Brother Wayne Henderson, and I'm telling you what, there was about nine preachers, and uh, I was just amazed at all the preachers that he influenced and he taught, and that's a great legacy. And then I watched the uh, funeral Saturday morning, uh, Brother Carl Braswell, good friend of mine, always encouraged Brother Jason and Stephen to stay in the ministry and do more, and he was just a blessing and was very involved in printing the gospel and getting the gospel around the world as Brother Wayne was, and it's just a, it's just a tribute uh, to think about these two men of God that's no longer with us. I told one young man that uh, down at the uh, church uh, at viewing, I said, somebody's got to step up. He was a young preacher boy down there. And, uh, and somebody's got to fill the gap. And folks, these older preachers are moving off the scene. And the younger preachers like Timothy's have to fill the gap and uh, step up. And so in these last days, we need to be faithful. And uh, I want to preach this morning, tonight, uh, about some characters that I don't preach on much, uh, Elizabeth and Mary, and how they, one testified and one sung. And I mean, their song and their testimony service was just wonderful in verses 39 and following. But this morning, I just want to preach on the joy of Christmas and kind of introduce... um, uh, why we ought to be joyful. You know, you'll never understand the birth of Christ or get anything out of the birth of Christ until you're born again. Uh, he came for you to be born. He was born to die, and he died that you might live. You'll miss the whole point of Christmas if you're not saved, if you're not sanctified, and if you're not thrilled, filled, and satisfied with God's presence. And so the joy of the Lord is in his presence. Amen. And this is what Christmas is all about. He came to us when we could not come to him. And thank the Lord, now we can go to him because he came to us. And so thank the Lord. Let's stand in honor of the word of God. Luke chapter 1, we'll begin with verse 26. And I'll just review a few verses from last week and get to preaching. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, espoused to a man whose Name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among, not over, Catholics, not over, among women. And when he saw him, she uh, and you would have been too, and when she saw him, she was troubled at, at his saying, and cast in her mind what matter of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. What preached on last week. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, 
How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and, and, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which thou shalt be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, the cousin, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country uh, with haste into a city of Judah, entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud, now listen, she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And hence is this to me, that thy, the mother of my Lord should come to me. And lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And listen to this. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary had to be saved just like any other sinner. Amen? And she started rejoicing in her Savior. And look at verse 48. And he hath regarded the low estate of this handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this glorious day when the angel came and announced the supernatural birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and used this little peasant girl named Mary to be the vessel. God, may we be your vessel and may we carry Jesus to a lost and dying world with joy. And so Lord, help us to understand this morning the joy of Christmas. And we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do in and through this message for your glory and for the furtherance of the gospel. Amen. I want you to notice in this story, the angel came to Mary, and I want you to know, first of all, Mary was very surprised, <laughs> and you would have been too. Uh, I would have, uh, uh, she, she, she was probably more than surprised, she was shocked that God would send an angel, verse 26, named Gabriel, and in her, her response is so humble and so honest before God, uh, she never expected to see an angel. And she never expected to be favored of God to be the vessel that would bring God in flesh to us. And so what a miracle that was. And folks, I want you to know there's a miracle in your life. It's a miracle of salvation. And we should have the joy of knowing that Christ dwells in us and that the Spirit of God can fill us to overflowing and God help us. God help us not to be in the materialistic world set that causes us to be depressed when we don't get what we want. Folks, the mother of the promised Messiah she named him Jesus. That means Jehovah is salvation. God with us. And Gabriel affirmed both deity and humanity of Jesus. In verse 32, he said, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord shall give unto him the, the throne of his father David. We see the humanity of the Son of Man. And then verse 25, or thir verse 35, it says, and the angel answered and said to him, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also 
that holy thing which thou shalt be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So he was human, the Son of Man, but he's, he's God, the Son of God. It's a Son that is given, as Isaiah chapter 9, verse uh, 6 says. It's an emphasis on the greatness of the Lord, not the greatness of the mother. And thank God, folks, we see in this passage that Mary was shocked. And you would have been too, ladies. Mary was surprised. Mary was uh, uh, not caught off guard, but she never thought that on this day an angel would appear to her and tell her that she was going to be the vessel, the vessel. And so this morning, uh, that's what I emphasized last week uh, on the name Jesus and what all that meant. But I want, you, I want you to see the Mary's surrender. Mary's surrender. In verse 34, it's amazing her response. And I hope this would be our response. It says, And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, sin? I know not a man. Folks, she, she was surrendering her body to the Lord. She knew, she, wouldn't, she didn't know what and how, but she knew that God never broke his word. And look at verse 34. The Bible says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, saying, I know not a man? It, belief in the promise of God, but also she didn't know all the details. How could a virgin give birth to a child? And folks, it's summed up in verse 35. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And folks, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, the Bible says, and um, uh, he'll, he'll know no sin. He did no sin. And he had no sin. Uh, he was a holy child. And he would be a holy savior. It's the holy lamb of God that took your place. Uh, folks, listen, I want to tell you something. We worship a living God because he loved us enough to come to us, but he's still a holy God and he's a just God. And folks, her body was prepared for him by the Holy Spirit. And he, in um, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5, the Bible says this. I want you to uh, read this verse with me. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, and I want you to look at verse um, 5 of Hebrews chapter 10. The Bible says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou shouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. God took on the form of a man, a fleshly man, he left the splendor and glory of heaven. But how did it happen? Well, the angel told Mary how it was going to happen or how it happened, that she would be pregnant uh, and that she knew no man, that, the, that she'd be overshadowed. Now, listen to this strong word, overshadowed thee, that the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The word overshadow means the presence of God. It's used in the holies of holies in the Jewish tabernacle, that there'd be an overshadowing of the Son of God. Mary's womb literally became the holies of holies for the Son of God. Now, folks, if that doesn't tell you that life begins at conception, what is it going to take, amen? The other day, uh, somebody called me from Kentucky. I believe it was our present uh, house speakers uh, team. And they said, um, Joe Arthur recommended your church. Do you have any youth that would like to uh, uh, hand out flyers for uh, um, Warnock and Osoff? No, they didn't say that. They said, they said we have uh, some handbills that we'll hand out. We'll pay $12.50. That'll be $25 for a couple. And I said, I'll look into it. I don't know of anybody. I'll see if my wife's energetic. But, uh, you know, and, uh, and you can go door to door in Georgia and hand out these flyers. And the number one line is, is that the flyer they're handing out, both candidates are against abortion. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it very spiritually, not politically. If you're wrong on life, you're wrong on liberty. Amen? I wouldn't trust anyone that was wrong on life to, to try to help me with my liberty or with law or in order. And folks, I said, praise God, that sounds like a good deal. I don't know if me and my wife have time, but we'll go out there and hand out these flyers. Not for somebody that's, 
that believes that life doesn't begin at conception, but for somebody that does. You say, well, I, I believe that's political. No, that's biblical. Folks, listen, get right with God. And, and listen, get right with the Bible. And folks, the overshadowing presence of God came into the womb of Mary, and it was a holy conception. It was an immaculate conception. And folks, I want to say this. Jesus was not some protoplasm or some group of cells while he was in the womb. Jesus was alive in that womb. So was Jeremiah, and so was John the Baptist in the sense that he leaped uh, when uh, Mary announced herself uh, in the womb. He was already shouting. He was already praising God in the womb. Life begins at conception. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Merry Christmas and a happy new year to every person that will be born in 2021 because somebody lets them live. Amen. And I want to say, folks, listen, it was immaculate conception. It was an overshadowing. It was the holies of holies in the Jewish tabernacle when they used that word overshadowing. The same word is used about what happened in Mary's womb, that the, that the place, her body became holy. So she gave her body. And that's the surrender I want you to see. Folks, the joy of Christmas, number three, is found in verse 39. If you want to have the joy of Christmas, you need to have the joy of a yielded life. You need to have a joy, you have, need to have a yielded soul, and you need to have a yielded body to Christ, because that's why God tabernacles into you. That's why God indwells you. That's why God fills you, and you'll never be happy until you're holy. Amen. Come on. You'll never be happy. Until you're wholly given over to God. Mary was, the, was shocked. She was probably in shock. She had to go to Elizabeth, her older cousin, and say, hey, listen, I need some confirmation. I need some, I need some affirmation. I need some counsel. Amen. You'd want some counsel too. And for three months, she stayed in Elizabeth's house and got counsel. Thank the Lord. You older women ought to train these younger women. Say amen. And you ought to train them about uh, babies and life, and but about the Lord. And folks, first of all, I want you to see we ought to rejoice in the Lord like uh, Elizabeth rejoiced in the Lord. Look at verse 39. It says, And Mary arose this day and went into the hill country with the haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. She was six months pregnant with John the Baptist. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. Mary was blessed among women, but not above women. And folks, we see the emphasis of Mary's um, faith in verse 45. But thanks be to God. God for Elizabeth's faith, that she was carrying the forerunner. She was carrying John the Baptist that would cry in the wilderness, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of man. They thought he was crazy. They put him in jail because he preached against adultery and the king didn't like it. And I want to tell you, friend, John the Baptist was the forerunner and folks, Elizabeth was excited because she was the mama that brought John the Baptist to usher in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And folks, I want you to know you ought to be excited when your children yield to God. Mary was blessed among women, not over women. And folks, it emphasizes Mary's faith in verse 45. Look at it. It says, and blessed is, is she that believed. So Elizabeth is praising God. She begins her testimony and I'll I'll preach on that testimony in detail tonight. But she started testifying, thank God you believed. Thank God you believed the word of God. And she believed the impossible and she didn't believe uh, the, the, uh, the probable that she would be the vessel for the Lord Jesus Christ to come to this world. Mary knew what would happen, but she didn't know how it happened. And folks, uh, the evidence of her belief is found in in uh, verse 34, where she said, Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? 
And then in verse 38, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You know, sometimes you can't trace God. A lot of times you can't. You just got to trust Him. You just got to trust Him. And folks, we need to trust the Lord. Uh, we need to realize that Mary had great faith and thank the Lord because of that great faith. Um, Elizabeth testified to that faith. And we see that uh, God used Elizabeth to confirm her faith. Look at verse 43. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I mean, they hadn't got off the front porch yet with the introduction. And he, she said, thank God you are going to be the mother of my Savior. Uh, you're not the uh, mother of God. You're the mother of Jesus. Amen. You're the mother of the Lord. And she's praising God. When's the last time you praised God for the Lord? Look at verse 44. And lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, she's testifying, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Here's the joy of Christmas, the presence of God. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you something. There is fullness of joy in the presence of God. You might not get all the presence you might not even be able to be with your family as I'm not going to be able to be with my family on uh, Christmas because of, of the sicknesses uh, in our family on Connie's side. But I want to say this, I can, I can fellowship with the Lord all day long and I can rejoice in Him and I don't need a crowd and I don't even need presents. Please don't take them back. But we don't need presents. All we need is God's presence. Amen. He is enough. And here's Elizabeth. She's shouting. It says with a loud voice. Now, I know that offends some of you uh, dignified saints, but she with a loud voice said, Blessed, verse 42, art thou among women. There's that emphasis again. Not over women, but among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She's blessing Jesus. Mary was just a nobody telling everybody about somebody that can save anybody. Mary was just a vessel. She was a vessel that was chosen. She was a vessel that was favored. It's by the grace of God, folks. It's the grace of God. The miracle of the Holy Spirit was used in Mary's life because she was willing to believe. Now, faith is the victory that overcomes the world, but faith is the victory that overcomes yourself. And faith will cause you to do some things you could never do in the flesh. And faith can keep you going, and faith can keep you uh, uh, rejoicing, and faith can keep you soaring in your, in your attitude, and your reactions, your transactions. And so there's the joy of Elizabeth, but there's also the joy of the unborn son, John, because in verse 41 and 44, John the Baptist in the womb leaps, for joy. Now, I really believe that kick was more than the normal kick. Ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. My wife had twins on my birthday 37 years ago. And uh, it was a miracle. And I thought it was going to be a miracle if she could get through the door. I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, it was, you know, because she was carrying 14, over 14 pounds of baby. And they didn't come prematurely like most uh, twins do. But, uh, boy, I just, I, I just thought that was such a miracle. And, I, and Brother Peter, you hadn't, you hadn't looked the same since you've got that announcement. You're still pale. Amen back there. And I'll never forget when I found out we was having twins, we went to poor folks. Now, they changed the name for us to be politically correct when the, when the Olympics came. And they, now they changed that restaurant to folks. They couldn't call anybody poor. Well, I think you can call people poor, amen, but you don't have to be poor in spirit. And I'll never forget, I ordered gizzards, my favorite thing that the uh, poor folks has that nobody else has. You can't find it anywhere in the United States except for the poor folks. And I started eating those things, and I think I was eating them too fast, and I got choked. And then I really thought maybe it was just when I saw that ultrasound and saw those two precious babies, and I passed out. And I mean, I had, the next thing I know, I was ketchup on my forehead. And I'm passed out in the plate. And I looked up at my wife and I said, what, what are we having? She said, we're having twins. I passed out again. No, I didn't really. 
And I remember I was so embarrassed because everybody was looking around like I was drunk or something. And I said, would you pay the bill? I'm going to slip out to the car, honey. And I remember I slipped out of the car, tried to wipe off the ketchup. And I really believe I passed out. I really do. From the shock. I know what I was going to have twins. You know, uh, we named them stopping no more. No, not really. And, uh, and Stephen is seven. One's a preacher and one's a preacher's wife. But You know, friend, I'm going to tell you something. The miracle in the womb was that John the Baptist recognized and sensed the presence of Jesus. And he kicked, maybe like to, but he kicked, he leaped. Uh, he didn't just kick, he leaped in the womb. Now, wouldn't that be an experience? Amen. He couldn't contain himself. A baby shouting by faith, knowing that Jesus' presence is special. And folks, when did we get over it? You know, it's Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm going to tell you something, you'll never have a Merry Christmas unless you're filled with the Spirit. Rejoicing in Jesus and rejoicing in the great privilege of carrying Jesus to a lost and dying world. You are a vessel just as real as Mary. You're a vessel of honor. You're a vessel of mercy. Folks, you're just a clay vessel, but praise God, the treasure in the vessel is very special. And I believe the reason we do not have joy in this Christmas season is because we forgot the privilege of introducing people to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thought about all these vaccines. And I don't care what President Biden says, the last four years counted for something because, praise God, there's a lot of people that's going to live because of a vaccine. Amen. But I want to tell you something. we got something more valuable than a vaccine and more precious and more powerful and more life-changing. And that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to mass-produce it. Praise God, we ought to portray it. We ought to proclaim it, and we need to plant it in hearts of every boy and girl and man and woman before it's too late. The gospel is precious, and the Holy Spirit is precious in our life, and it ought to bring great joy to our lives. I want you to notice the joy of Mary in verse 46, and Mary said, I see the joy of John the Baptist, I see the joy of Elizabeth, but I see the joy of Mary. It says, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Now she's already given her body, but she gave her soul. She gave her body and her soul. And then look at verse 47. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. My Savior. Don't you ever think that Mary was some sovereign mother of God as they pictured when I saw that nine-foot picture over a casket of Jesus in the cathedral in Arequipa, Peru. I about lost it when I saw that. I think since then they've moved it out of the Catholic cathedral and put him in the cemetery. A six-foot replica of Jesus, they think, in a casket with glass so everybody can see it. But over that casket was an immaculate picture of Mary with with a glowing head and crown, and, and they made her the mother of God, as Catholics do. And I believe it's heresy. I believe there's no other mediator between us and God but Jesus Christ. I believe it's vain religion in the, in the, in the nth degree, and I think it sloshes through the blood of Jesus and crowns somebody that's only a peasant girl that was blessed among men, and thank God she had to be saved just like any other sinner. She said, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. The joy of Christmas comes when Christ is in your life. Folks, not only is Christ in your life, but God has chosen your life. Verse 48 says, and he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. You with me? Luke chapter 1, verse 48. Stay with me. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. 
And she knew that was the grace of God. And she believed the word of God in verse 38. And folks, she was mindful that God was mindful of her. She said in, in verse 48, For he has regarded the lowest state of my handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations call me blessed, for he hath he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. He says he's mighty. He's mighty. He's the mighty God. He's, he's king of kings and lord of lords. And he has given me the privilege of bringing in Jesus to this world. And it brought great joy to her heart. Why was she so joyful? I want to give you one word in closing. Yielded. Yielded. She yielded her body, verse 38. She yielded her soul, verse 46. She yielded her spirit, verse 47. Body, soul, and spirit. She just gave her all. She didn't understand it all. She wasn't expecting all this favor. She didn't expect all this privilege. But praise God, when she was confronted by the angel, she said, according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. I want to ask you a question. If you're going to ever have the joy of the Lord, you must be filled with the Spirit of God. And you must accept that God has called you to be His vessel. And folks, just as the Mary had the privilege of being the vessel that brought Jesus into this world in a little manger, the cradle to the cross to the crown. You have the privilege of being indwelled and filled to overflowing and bringing Jesus to a lost and dying world. Folks, what brings you joy? Bringing gifts to someone that they'll probably get fed up with in about 20 days and lose the warranty? And try to take back. Have you ever tried to give Aunt Susie something and she's got everything? Or have you ever tried to give somebody that don't appreciate anything? Don't you look it around. But I want to say, friend, listen, you can lose the Christmas spirit real quick if you're not careful. But you can't lose the spirit of Christ if you'll only yield to Him. I want to give you just a couple more verses and I'll close. My time's about up. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20, some of my favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. If you want to find a perspective on life, you want to find a philosophy of life, hey, you want to find uh, what life is all about, then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You want to know what you, why you're here, why you're alive, why you didn't die in 2020 like a lot of your friends have? I'll tell you why. Because God spared your life for this reason. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I'll be there in just a moment. It says, what? Know, your, know, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You're a tabernacle. You're a temple. God has overshadowed you when he birthed you into the kingdom of God for the miracle of, of new birth. And look at this, <clears throat> which is in you. I like that, don't you? The Holy Ghost, which is in you. That makes it real personal, it makes it real powerful, and it makes you real precious. There's nobody like you. That's why suicide is such an, uh, a slap in God's face. That you're so fed up with life that you become the finisher of your life. No, God's the author and finisher of your life and your faith. It says, what know ye not? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. And you're not your own. You're not your own. Folks, God says, but for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, here it is, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Folks, you're not your own. When the priest in Leviticus chapter 8 was being consecrated for priesthood, they called it the, 
the sacrifice of consecration, not concentration, consecration. That means total surrender. Total surrender. They put blood on the right earlobe. Your hearing's no longer your own. Your mind is no longer your own. You shouldn't put in your mind what God is not pleased with and what does not glorify God. And then the right thumb, they put blood on it. Your, your will is no longer your own. Folks, you know, a lot of people think that they're um, in, entitled. We've got an entitled age today. They even vote. Who will give me the most benefits? Who will give me the most incentives? Who will give me the most retirement? Who will give me this and give me that? That's why we had Clinton in there for eight years. The economy was so good that we got a reprobate for four more years in, the, in office. That's when all this started, all this junk that we're in. You, don't, you might not like that, but it's the truth. Morality means something to a Christian. Thank God. Life means something to a real Christian. Say amen. And I want to say this, and I want to say it kindly, friend. God help us. God help us to realize that life is a gift, a precious gift from God. And new life is a more precious gift from God. And our responsibility is that we give our body. We don't have a right to do what we want with our body on the altar of conveniency or career and sacrifice a child. That's exactly what it comes down to. And it says, and in your spirit, which are God's. Spirit means disposition. Attitude. I believe we ought to be independent, fundamental. I believe we ought to be against abortion and against this same-sex marriage and against this transgender junk and all this stuff that slaps God in the face. But I believe our spirit ought to be loving. I believe our spirit ought to be kind. I believe our spirit ought to be trying to reach those that are blinded in their sin because they, they are lost and they're going to hell and they're just saying this party's about me and not about God, and they live for their own glory. That's what a lost person does. That's right. And so, folks, when you get yielded to God, what happens? God is glorified. God is pleased. And so are you. And you're happy. I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you very clearly. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 11, some of those powerful verses a Christian could ever memorize or, li or live because he's going to the cross and he gives one last message to his disciples and he talks to them about abiding and he talks about obeying and being cleansed and being purged he's talking about in verse 5 that, that uh, I am the vine and you are the branches see we need a job definition but we need a joy definition we need a life definition of who we are we're not the vine. We're not God. We have no right to dictate to God when life begins and how our life's going to be. We are to yield our body, our soul, and our mind, and our spirit to Him. And the Bible says this, you'll bring forth fruit. If you abide, in, 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 you abide not in me, you're good for nothing. It says you're cast into the fire they're burned. It says, but if you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. John 16, 24 says, you'll have your prayers answered, your joy will be full. There's nothing, there's nothing like having your prayers answered. Amen. I mean, you get a hold of God for somebody, and they get saved. We've had a lot of people saved recently in our church. Uh, God's blessing in spite of all this darkness and fear and Distance, don't you hate? But I'll tell you, there's one good thing I like about social distance. This place looks full. <laughs> it's only half full, but it looks full. No longer can all of you fight for the last three pews of this church. It's wonderful. Look at it that way. This place looks full. I'm an optimist. I know nobody's sitting on that second row, but praise God, there's somebody on the third. And I want to tell you something, friend. We ought to rejoice that God's been glorified through the salvation of souls in the last 12 months. It's a miracle.
It's a miracle we didn't even have church. I didn't know we was going to have it this morning. I got one more call. We wasn't going to have it. But I want you to look at this. It says in verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. What's it all about? It's about being fruitful. It's about uh, bringing forth life. And that life's not your life, it's God's life. It's not a laughter revival, it's a holy revival that brings happiness. Because I want you to notice something real quick. Look at verse 11. It says, And these things have I spoken to you, that your joy might be remaining in you, and that, you, that uh, listen, that my joy, excuse me, might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. What's these things have I spoken unto you? Abiding. Purging. Realizing who you are and being submissive to the vine. Bringing forth fruit for His glory, not for your glory. Not some manufactured plastic fruit, but I'm talking about fruit that meets the need of a lost and dying world. I'm talking about Christ-likeness. I'm talking about holiness. I'm talking about wholehearted yieldedness to God. I want to tell you, if you want to be joyful, you can't skip verse 1 through 10 of John 15. You must be holy in your purpose, holy in your yielding, holy in, in your glory, not for fruit that you bore, but fruit that he bears, because you can do nothing without him. Verse 5, it says, for without me, you can do nothing. But abiding in him, and your words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. God will bless your life to bring forth fruit. God blessed little Mary's life to bring forth fruit. It happened to be the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And she's happy. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Sometimes we look we're like ping pong Christians. We're bouncing up and down. Roller coaster. Some people hadn't smiled this year. I've looked at you. <laughs> you hadn't smiled yet. Maybe you have, and I can't see through that mask. You ought to draw a smile on your mask, praise God. But we ought to be happy people. But not just happy because that depends on happenings. We need to be joyful because that depends on Jesus. In his presence, Brother Jack, is fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. Psalm 16, 11. So here's the key to Christmas. And here's the key to a happy new year. His presence in you. And fruitfulness for His glory. And never get over. He regarded my low estate. It saved me. Sanctified me. Filled me. And now I can glorify God by bringing forth fruit. The fruit of one Christian is another Christian. But the fruit of a Christian is praise, Hebrews 13, 15. It's a fruit of holiness, Romans 6, 22. It's a fruit of good works, Colossians 1, 10. Folks, you're a tool. And the treasure is the Spirit of God. And let me just sum up this message. Elizabeth was joyful. John the Baptist was joyful. And Mary was so joyful. The Lord showed her some high favor, grace. Chose her when she couldn't even figure it out. She had to faith it out to be a vessel for God's glory and bring forth fruit. And folks, that's exactly what happens. And I'll go into this tonight. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, the first fruit is you have harmony with the Lord and you make melody in your heart to the Lord and you're thankful and you're submissive in the fear of God. And that means you respect and reverence His presence in you. You're a holy vessel, but you ought to be a yielded vessel. And I believe the key word in the Christian life, I know it's obedience and other people say this, but I believe the key word in the Christian life 
is found in Romans 6.13. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, I keep thinking about Lazarus. I believe he became a yielded vessel. Why shouldn't he be? In John 12, you'll find him sitting at the table with Jesus. He was dead. He was cold. He was in the grave. He was decaying. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And folks, a great miracle took place in your life one day. I was a son of a drunk, 11 years old, sitting on the fifth row back, minding my own business. And Jesus came to me and said, Wayne, come forth. Receive life. Let, you, let your, all your sins be forgiven and pass from death into life, John 5, 24. And I walked the aisle and I got saved that morning and there was a miracle in my life. I got redeemed. I got bought. I got forgiven. But I got entwelled. And the Spirit of God came in my little old life. My little old life. To be a blessing. To start a church, never thought I'd do that. To preach, never thought I'd do that. To pastor, especially in a time like this, where most churches are split, splattering, and splintering over something they can't even control. But thank God, I'm not going to go around this Christmas season with a frown on my face, discussing my attitude. I'm going to rejoice. That God saved me. But look at Romans 6, 13. It says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Folks, you ought to yield as those that are alive from the dead because that's exactly, that's exactly what happened when you got saved. You pass from death unto life. If you want to be a sad Lazarus, go ahead and do it. But I'm going to sit at the table with Jesus and rejoice that I'm saved, that I have life. And now I have purpose. And it all depends on belief and yieldedness to the treasure that's within you, the Holy Spirit. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, that we can reckon ourselves dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God and yielded to God. God, thank you that we can practice your presence anywhere, anytime, no matter how dark it is out there, no matter how confusing or how sinful it is out there. We can walk in the light as you're in the light and have fellowship one with another because the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Thank you, God, for your indwelling presence. And thank you, dear God, for your powerful presence. And God, thank you that you have considered our low estate as you did Mary's, saved our unworthy soul, and praise God, used our unworthy spirit and soul and body for your glory, to bring Jesus into this world to a lost and dying and dark and blinded sinner that's never seen Jesus, never felt Jesus, never believed in Jesus. But, oh God, may you be seen in and through our life as a miracle of the Holy Ghost as we yield completely our body, our soul, and our spirit to you. Lord, I surrender all. And I want to surrender more of my life. And Lord, I'm not doing it just for the let's make a deal and be happy and be joyful. But God, I want to see joy brought into this world. And I want to see people without hope receive hope, as that beautiful song said. I want, I want, to, I want to see this world that knows not love to sense love and receive love. For God, you said you are love, and I believe it. Lord, I want this world that's confused, and dark, and sinful, and groping and grasping for every straw of sin they can find. Oh, God, I want them to receive you.
as they see you through our lives. Is our prayer this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, the joy of Christmas. I believe the joy of Christmas is salvation, but I believe the joy of Christmas is sanctification and being filled with the Spirit of God. As Brother Lancaster preached so powerfully last Sunday night, I got under a lot of conviction about being filled with the Spirit of God. How about you? And every day you ought to pray, Oh God, help me to die to self and be filled with your love, filled with your joy, filled with your peace, and filled with your joy. Filled with your presence because he's enough. But have me say, Preacher, I've never been saved. I don't have the Spirit of God in my life. I can't take him anywhere because he's not in my life. I've never been passed from death into life. I've never been saved, but I sure would like to be. Would you slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. Anyone? Anyone? Think about it. It's more than being religious. It's having a relationship. Let me say, Preacher, I'm a Christian. I figured most of you here are. because We need to be bringing in more lost people. But you say, Preacher, I'm a Christian. But I need the joy of Christmas. I need the joy of Christ. But I don't need it just for my strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength for the lost and dying world to see Jesus. And I want to be filled with the Spirit of God so I'll have the joy of Jesus. That I'll have the thanksgiving of Jesus. That I'll have the mutual submission and the fear of God for Jesus. And I just want you to pray for me that I'd be a yielded vessel like Mary was and give my body my soul, and my spirit more to God. And that's your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up? Because somebody needs to see Jesus this Christmas all over this place. All over. How many know somebody lost? How many know somebody that's on drugs? How many know somebody that's backslidden that used to be in this church or some church and they have no desire to be in the house of God? They need to see Jesus. They don't need to see Wayne Cofield. They need to see Jesus. They need to see love and joy and peace. Father, in Jesus' name and for your glory, we preached. Now we pray, dear God, that you would touch hearts, change lives, and help us, Lord, to receive the joy of Christmas. And that's a yielded life. Let your spirit make Jesus real. Let your spirit would crown him as Lord in our lives. And we'll thank you and praise you for giving us not only a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, but the joy of the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.